minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. All right, welcome, 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 everybody. You get the horns, Tad and Jeff here. We're talking sports tonight, and we're going to start and end tonight with the NFL Conference Championship Games is the biggest thing in sports, and uh, there's plenty to talk about. The Super Bowl is set. We now know who will be playing in the Super Bowl. It is the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to blow up a lot of conspiracy theories because <laughs> everyone had it laid out based on the Super Bowl logo mm -hmm. and the colors mm -hmm. and who was supposed to play and how it was supposed to go. Uh, all of that's out the window now. Uh, so yet again, somehow uh, they, they've shot down another conspiracy. So, uh, but yeah, or Tad and Jeff here. Let's uh, get the show on the road. How you doing tonight, brother? Good, good. Or did they? Or did they realize the people were on to them? And they That's said, right. Oh, we got to change the script up. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Evasive maneuvers. That's it. They had to think on their feet. That's it. But they're not usually good at that, but uh, they might have They might have gotten around <laughs> us on this. One. So, uh, yeah. So I guess let's jump right into it, man. We might as well uh, rip the Band-Aid off uh, for mm -hmm. both myself and uh, and then lots of other people out there that are that are fans of the two teams that lost. Uh, so let's start with the Baltimore Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, if you want, you can kind of jump in here first and give your your thoughts on the game. I'm sure you'll have some questions for me. I'm happy to to address. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to be real happy to address, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> you're real, real excited. Well, first off, let me say that the losing teams squandered just the biggest opportunities that they may ever have. Um, more so probably Detroit, but I, I just, this game for Baltimore was set up. I, you couldn't have asked for a better season, a better setup for the Ravens. You know, you have Joe Burrow going out, um, you get a home field advantage. You got the chiefs reeling coming off a tough game last week. Yeah. And man, I blow it is, is a tough word. Because I don't know that it necessarily blew it, but boy, they did not do themselves any favors. Um, this was just a weirdly coached game. Um, and then yet again, you know, you have Lamar just not really showing up, man. I, I don't know. He he made some great plays, but, you know, Baltimore, and, and we talked about it, you know, last week, turnovers, you can't turn the ball over. Baltimore yeah. loses that. Three turnovers to zero, and penalties. Man, I, I just I, there was back to back fifteen yard penalties that put them in position, and I completely understood the Roquan Smith um, jumping off sides because uh, it was first and five at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, you want to get them in a first and ten instead of a first and five, you know, just for clock management. Genius move. At first, I was like, "What's he doing?" And exactly. Then I, I thought about it. I was like. <laughs> Oh, that's actually genius, but yeah, dude, you you weren't supposed to go and blow up the, yeah. the tackle. Like it just what are you doing? Like all you had to do is just jump all sides and tap yeah, the guy. Just tap him, man. That's it. And then you know it's a genius play. So um yeah, it was you know, again, Patrick Mahomes is just he's something else, you know. We talk about it and we've talked about it this whole playoffs, and you can go back and we we ask that you go back and listen to everything we said. We said Best coach, best quarterback. Yep. And yet again, it's it's tough because, you know, you you look at Harbaugh and you think that, um, you know, he may be on some sort of an even level or maybe even just a step below uh, what Andy Reid is. And then Lamar is coming off of his, you know, what we expect to be his second MVP year yeah. um, and a down year, really, for Mahomes, which – his down year is a you know a year that any just about any other quarterback would beg to have um, just once, um, but yet again they prevail. So um, you know I, I it, it's tough, man. It, it, I just 
I won't say I was rooting for the Ravens, but you know, I I just expected them to come out and and take this game. Uh, but they yeah. stopped running the ball. They ran the ball only 16 times that game. And this is what, you know, you talked about earlier is is the Ravens, how they will just wear a team down. They mm-hmm. won't jump out of their game plan. You know, there was never a point in time you guys were down 10. And it was like the Ravens just abandoned the run game. Yeah. And it just, you know, it, they just, it's almost like they didn't stick to the formula that had got them there. And we're going to talk about on the other side where the Lions... <laughs> stuck to their formula yeah, and absolutely. probably shouldn't have stuck to their formula. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, uh, I guess, danged if you do, danged if you don't, you know, type of a situation. But um, that was just the one thing that stuck out. You know, Lamar having to throw the ball 37 times. It's not, you know, he's the quarterback and you say, yeah, a quarterback should be able to do that. But that's not necessarily his game. That's not the Ravens game. And it's just, you know, it's quite odd. And then you got Zay Flowers, you know, after he makes – a big catch. He spikes the ball. And, you know, I, I know everyone wanted to point to everything Kelsey did and, and, but it was more of the spiking the ball, I think than anything else. And then turning around and flexing on the guy. Yeah. Uh, and then the, you know, the inner, you know, the, the fumble um, at the, at the goal line. It, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's not something you see Zay do a whole lot of uh, fumble. I, you know, that one, you can almost chalk up to him, trying to get into the end zone, maybe trying to do a little too much and just a heck of a play, you know, by the, uh, the chiefs defense. Um, but your defense held them to 17 points and you only score 10. It, it, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. You know, the way the Ravens were putting points up, you thought like, you know, if I told you, Hey, chiefs are going to score 17 points you're automatically going to be like, yeah, that's, that's a win. You know, that, yeah. that even as good as the Chiefs defense is, and I don't know, Chiefs defense probably is averaging maybe 17 points a game, but you know, you, you think um, in the playoffs, it, you hold Patrick Mahomes to 17 points and zero points in the second half. If I said they score 17 points and they don't score in the second half, 10 out of 10 times, you're going to say, yeah, Ravens win that game. If I told you nothing else, you would say, yeah, Ravens won that game. So very disappointing. Um, you know, a few things I saw here, and I, I'm going to throw these out at you. We talk about Sean McDermott and has mm-hmm. Sean McDermott run his course in Buffalo. In his last nine seasons, Harbaugh has two playoff wins in his last Four seasons, McDermott has five playoff wins. Yeah. Is the seat uh, the seat obviously isn't hot because uh, you know Baltimore is a is the same as Pittsburgh. You're not getting rid of your coach. Harbaugh's been there for 16 years, I believe. Uh, you know he's not going anywhere. But you're about to lose. More than likely, you're going to lose Patrick Queen, which. He was an all pro this year, if I'm not mistaken. Was he not? I'm he was a pro sure bowler. I... He pro bowler. Uh, don't, Just uh, a pro Roquan bowler. was an all pro. Uh, Patrick Queen, I believe, was only a pro bowler. A pro bowler. Okay. So good chance you're <laughs> going to lose him. Great chance you're going to lose Mike McDonald. Uh, I'm more mm-hmm. and more convinced that Mike McDonald is going to be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. Okay. See, I'm going to say the exact opposite. I'm going to say he'll be in Seattle. I, I think it's going to be Ben Johnson from Detroit for Washington. And I think Mike McDonald goes to uh, the Seahawks. We're shooting this Monday night. Tomorrow, the commanders have about five interviews that they're going to be doing in the next 36 hours. They get McDonald first. If they like what they see, I'm not sure he's leaving that building without, uh, without a contract, which in that point, I think Johnson probably ends up in Seattle. I, I just, I, there's, if if Washington wanted Johnson, I, I I just I don't see a reason why they would be doing this many interviews, and I, I just more and more that that it comes up, I just I I don't know, I, I just don't see him there. So I you know you're probably going to lose your defensive coordinator, you're going to lose one of your stars on defense. Man, there was never a better time than this for the Ravens to win this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, look, uh, bottom line, yeah, I mean, I, I've got plenty I can say about it. I think, uh, you know, it's been interesting to me now, you know, 24 hours having gone by, right, when we're shooting this 24 hours after the game. And the thing that strikes me in the in the whole situation is, um, I've said it many times, right? You're never frustrated. I mean, no one likes to lose, right? But you can live with losing if you feel like you played a good game, you played your game, and you got outplayed. It's incredibly frustrating when you lose not playing your game. And, you know, that is, that's something that I, 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 that's the only thing I can't explain. I really, like, I don't have any issue really with Lamar in this game, big picture. You know, I mean, obviously, you want to see the guy take over. You want to see him do all these amazing things because of who he is and, and what he's capable of. But he throws for 272 yards and uh, and a touchdown. Of course, obviously had that horrible pick in the end zone, which was, what? you know, it never should have happened. It's like Jordan happened. Love. It's like Jordan yeah. Love throwing across his body at the end of that game when they didn't need to do that. That play should have never been there. No, no reason for that. No, but what was likely doing throwing his arm up like he was wide open? I know. That is the weirdest <laughs> thing. I'm like, yeah. why is he raising it up? Because, I mean, you're going to see that as a quarterback and the, oh, my guy's open. Now, again, and he did have a step, other. but he was he was being very optimistic to throw that arm up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, you had a step on that defender, but you have three guys behind you there and a tiny window because you're going into the end zone. There's almost nowhere for Lamar to throw the ball. Right. And look, he, I, I think he probably intentionally underthrew it a little bit, knowing there was a decent chance for pass interference. You see all the clips now and everybody talking about it. A very strong argument to be made that there should have been a pass interference call there. But at the end of the day, you don't win the AFC championship game hoping to get calls from the refs, right? Like that's not a strategy. And what is a strategy is doing the things that you are the very best at doing. No one was better this season running the ball than the Ravens. The idea to, to give you just kind of like a, a frame of reference, Baltimore was 11 and one this season when their running backs touched the football at least 20 times and they were three and four when they had less than 20 touches Ravens running backs had a total of six carries in this game. There were eight total designed runs because Lamar ran the ball twice on designed runs. Everything else were just scrambles. Yep. You cannot have the Ravens rushing attack. With Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, I don't even know why they signed Dalvin Cook because that guy didn't get a single carry in the AFC Championship game. No. If you look at that roster of running backs and you say in a close game the entire way through that they get six carries, it doesn't make sense. Like, there's no scenario where Lamar was set up to be successful in that game. Because you made from moment one, from the very beginning of the game, you made the team completely one dimensional on offense. For reasons I don't understand, because if you if you remember early in the game, they finally ran the ball. This is still, I think, first quarter. Gus Edwards breaks like a 16 yard run like and it's just looking like, OK, now, like, let's just settle in and just run our offense and pound the ball. Let's wear these guys down a little bit. And we immediately go away from it. It's almost like it was a willful decision to not run the ball. Now, I will say, and, I, and, and you know, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, there's a video out there already on the Purple Perch about this, that this, I, you don't know where that's coming from, right? What it's based on. Is this a, did they see something on film? Did Harbaugh, Munkin, and the rest of the staff see something on film that made them think that Kansas city would somehow be susceptible to this passing game because you're playing right into their strengths. If you plan on 100%. throwing the ball when they have a Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed at the defensive back positions. So it, 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 it doesn't make sense. They're not good against the run Buffalo the week before put up what over 180 yards rushing on the chiefs. So the idea that you're not doing that makes no sense in a game that was never further out than 10 points. And so you could have flipped the switch anytime and you didn't do it for reasons, again, that I don't understand. 
And so that to me, like, I don't have any issue with Zay Flowers. Now, of course, obviously the taunting penalty was stupid, right? That's just yes. a dumb play by a young kid in his first year in the league, right? That I mean, whatever. Those things are going to happen. I don't have any problems. Zay Flowers did not lose the game for us. Now, no. when you take that seven points off the board, it's certainly very impactful for the game, but it's not Zay Flowers' fault. Uh, the fumble, that's just a good defensive play. Like, what can you say about that? Zay Flowers had both hands on the ball, running and dove for the end zone, and the ball got punched out. He had the thing yep. tucked. So here's the other side of it. Do you realize what fans would be saying if Zay Flowers had gone down and then took a knee at the one-yard line rather than saying, I don't want to dive and extend this ball out there because I don't want to run any risk of fumbling it. So I'm going to take a knee at the one. People would be saying, this guy's an idiot, right? Yep. Like, what are you doing? You had the opportunity. You got to punch that ball in, particularly in the playoffs. He did nothing wrong in that situation. They made a good defensive play got to give credit where it's due, right? Like that's, that, that's what happened. Second half in my mind, it was, Oh, okay. Well, this, we got this. And then you saw the Ravens defense totally shut them out in the second half. And it was kind of like, okay, but just like the Houston game, it's going to be that first half is going to be tight. And then the second half adjustments. And we've seen incredible second half adjustments all year on the offensive side and defensive side uh, with the Ravens. In this game, we saw it on the defensive side, and there were zero adjustments made in the second half of the game on the offensive side. I don't understand why. I don't, again, what, what were we looking at that made us think this strategy is working for us? I, I, I don't understand. I, I don't, it, it, that's a coaching issue. That's coaching yeah. and, and nothing more. Right, and the just the amount of blitzes that the Chiefs, put on them like it just seems like it dude it was set up for the run yeah. how do you stop how do you stop a blitzing team you run it i mean that's that's it like you don't want them to come out or you play action off of it like, i don't even see any play actions off of of off of all of those throws yeah like you you just you know you, you got to freeze those defenders and if you're not able to run the ball, they're just going to tee off on you because they're not going to be planning right. on it. It was just weird. Like I, it was, it, I, it was just complete opposite. And I don't know, like you said, like, I don't know, was that the game plan going in? Like, Hey, they're think we're going to do this. Yeah. So let's do this. Just completely getting away, realizing you're the better team, you know, I, yeah, you don't have Mahomes, to play their game. You don't have, you don't to, play have to play their, their game. game. You play your game. You right. make them come to you. Uh, yeah. By the way, just uh, we're live streaming this and uh, Niner gang uh, has said that Ben Johnson to Washington is definitely happening. Adam Peters likes to look into everyone before making a decision, but Johnson's been the favorite. Peters is great at doing his research on guys. He found all the late round gems over this team's build. Commanders are going to be in good hands. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah, but, uh, no, it's it's possible. I just the fact I mean, that's. You're bringing a lot of guys in, so <laughs> I mean, we're you know it, it, we'll find out. I guess we'll we'll see in the next. I mean, I would assume. I, I don't know with them, who knows? But I would assume by the end of the week, we should probably know. Um, I just I don't know. The buzz on McDonald is is quite high. So um, Johnson, I think, makes a lot of sense. But if he's not it, I think Mike McDonald is is someone I would bring in. They're the only uh, two. I mean, they're really the yeah. only two guys yeah. with any sort of heat on yeah. them right now. No, and I, I don't know. know a lot if, of people... I don't Sorry, know if you yeah. saw just before we started recording. Uh, Ravens director of player personnel Joe Hortiz will be going to the Chargers now as general manager. Uh, so he will be, which is not a surprise. I mean, the Harbaugh connection there is obviously strong. Uh, yeah. Hortiz is incredibly good. He's been a huge part of the Ravens organization. But the next step for him was going to be general manager, and you're not going to get that in Baltimore. So, right. you know, I, I I was hopeful that maybe, you know, it, it wouldn't happen just because you always want to keep your best people in the building. Uh, but I, I'm not at all surprised. And, you know, I have absolutely no doubt that there, you know, that there was plenty of inside baseball happening there to make sure that uh, for sure got that job there. Yeah, I think it makes sense, too, just with Harbaugh wanting to um... – uh, you know, I'm sh assuming he is going to take a big role in the player personnel 
So it probably is helpful to get a first time GM in there that's willing to work with him because I, I just don't think you could bring in someone with, um, you know, vast experience and right. not have those two be butting heads all the time. So yeah, good move by them. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, that's right. The Ravens losing. Um, mm-hmm. What <laughs> what do you say about Lamar Jackson in the playoffs? So he's currently two and four, six TDs, six picks, uh, passer rating under eighty. Um, he's zero and four in the playoffs when the opposing team scores more than thirteen points. Do you just chalk that up to young? I mean, you could probably talk away just about every every loss i would say right yeah. i mean you know first year i think the first time he started he had started what six or eight games his first like that, uh, yeah you know, had to play the chargers ridiculous. in the playoffs yeah um but there's you know it's one of those things i guess like the narrative is the narrative until you until you prove it otherwise yeah but there's something different i don't know what it is i don't know if it's just bad luck or if it's just circumstantial, what, you know, what that is. But, um, you know, I'm very curious your take on that because, you know, you remember the Ravens weren't going to be quick to sign him. And then we always thought he probably would go back, you know, and the Ravens were just hoping that somebody else would set the market for him. And I guess technically they did because no one wanted to offer him a contract. (laughs) Um, But, you know, what what do you think of uh, playoff Lamar versus regular season Lamar? Because the numbers are night and day. Yeah. No, look, the the numbers are the numbers are obvious and they're different. I mean, and yeah, you, you can explain it away to a degree. I mean, obviously, year one, the guy's a rookie, played part of a season and, you know, goes to the playoffs. Also, not for nothing, that was a team that was not playoff bound whatsoever. And then right. they ended up winning, what, a six or seven or something like that after he took over to make the playoffs to begin with. Um, And then, you know... If I go from there, you know, yeah, the 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 Titans game, I mean, if you look just at, and we're talking 2019, uh, if you look at the the moving the ball in that game, I mean, there were tons of yards. There was no issue with that. It was it was, you know, getting the ball in. I think, uh, you know, this this year's situation is a little different, right? I mean, he played well against Houston, you know, last uh, last game. I think this game, again, if you told me the Ravens are going to give the ball to the running backs six times and Lamar's going to be throwing the ball the entire rest of the game without knowing anything, I don't even know who we're playing. And I'm going, that's that doesn't seem like a good strategy, right? Because we know it isn't. And that's for a regular season game, much less a playoff game. So from my perspective, you know, there's someone else who who had a reputation for not being able to win in the playoffs, and that's Peyton Manning, right? And that narrative is there until it isn't there. And the reality is, I firmly believe that if the Ravens had run the ball 20 or more times yesterday, they're in the Super Bowl. And so that question wouldn't be there about Lamar. But instead, they didn't run the ball, and what happened happened. You know, and so, you know, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about it that it's tough. This is also the first year under a new offensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, there has been a massive leap this year in Lamar's play. I mean, the player he is now versus the player he was in 2019 when he last won the MVP is night and day. He is so much more dangerous as a quarterback now than he ever was in 2019. And so, you know, you're seeing the decision-making, you're seeing the completion percentage, you're seeing him, you know, we talked about this the other day on the Purple Perch. He, so Lamar, uh, up and up through last year, he was the 36th ranked quarterback in the NFL against the Blitz. This season, he was fifth. You don't just improve 31 spots against the Blitz in a brand new offensive system without having a pretty good understanding and, and be maturing as a player. And, uh, and he is. And so, you know, those first few years, this dude had a ton on his shoulders. He was the entire offense. Now you're seeing things, you know, be a little bit more balanced. 
you know, I don't put a lot of stock in those things. I don't look at it and say, you know, it's impossible for Lamar to win. He he just can't do it in the playoffs. I just don't want to see the team change what they're doing strategically. That's the biggest thing. Continue to run the same offense. And my guess is you'll continue to have success, completely change your offense. And I don't see how you can expect the, you know, the same success. So that's just my take on it. I'm not absolving Lamar of all guilt. Um, there were plenty of times yesterday I wanted him to take the check down, take the take the guy right in front of you. There's too many times he was looking for the home run. A few times that he should have run the ball and he just didn't. Um, but again, you know, for whatever reason, they weren't running the ball. That just wasn't part of the strategy. So, you know, I, I think there are three aspects to the Ravens' loss. All three of them are what you would have expected. It's coaching. It's schematics and execution. And so if you look at those three things, that's that's what wins and loses every game in the NFL, much less in the playoffs. And so can you blame coaching? Well, yeah, because any anyone who cares about the Ravens is looking at it, wanting to blame Todd Munkin and John Harbaugh. Munkin came up with the offensive strategy. Harbaugh clearly signed off on it. So that's a coaching issue. Scheming, oh, well, okay, obviously everyone's complaining about the fact they didn't run the ball. So schematically, it becomes pretty obvious and then execution clearly wasn't there, uh, you know, to be able to to do what you needed to do. So I, I think it comes down to those things. And and I don't put the I put the blame on the Ravens loss far more on coaching than I do play. OK. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, it's there's an argument to be made. I mean, my argument or counter argument, I guess, to that is um, when you're paying a guy you know, um, a half a billion dollars, you probably should expect that he can throw the ball 36 times per game and, and come out successful. So that's the only thing I understand. That's not maybe the, the Raven style, but you got the receivers, you have your tight ends, you had both yep. tight ends that game, which you mm-hmm. barely utilize. And I don't know. I, you know, I wasn't out there. I wasn't looking to play snaps. So I'm assuming Mark Andrews probably didn't play a ton, Yeah, but then, you know, Again, it's just something you would expect of if I'm paying this guy, you know, almost $250 million. Yeah, I the game should be on his shoulders. Whatever I call, he should be able to come through with it. So that'd be about the only thing. You know, are they going to give up on Lamar? No, I, I just, but can you go into next season doing the same thing and expect to get back to the same, the same spot? I don't know. And then, you know, what Odell see one catch? Like, did he get two yeah. passes thrown to him? Why? Why are you paying him all this money? First off, you know, you paid him a ton of money this year. I think it averaged out to like, I don't know what he was getting, like two or 300,000 per catch, something yeah. ridiculous like that. <laughs> and then literally, I don't I'm not even sure how many times you, I'm pretty sure that he got targeted twice that game. Yeah. I think so for a right. guy that's a guy that's dropping back 36 times, you got to think you, one of your best receivers and I'm, you know, I know Zay is, 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 um, you know, is your number one, but if he's covered, where's Odell at? Why is he not involved in this? It's just, it was, it was just some like weird, uh, like, I I don't know, bizarro world, you know, everything (laughs) was just reverse. Like we'll just take everything that we did that got us here, that got us the 12 wins that got us the playoff win that got us home field advantage against Patrick Mahomes in a year that was just completely set up. And then you just did the complete opposite. It just, man, this one, uh, you know, if I'm a Ravens fan, this one sets with me pretty hard for a while. I mean, you know, whatever, you know, we talk about like, it's not like it ruins our lives or anything, but you know, we're fans, you know, we, you know, we, we want our team to win. We want to win every game going defeated, you know, is it affect our lives one way or the other? No, of course not. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things. It's like, man, we, like you could not have asked for a better setup. And yeah. I don't know that you're ever going to have a better setup. You know, you've got Joe Burrow coming back next year. You know, we forget, you know, Joe, Joe took him to the AFC championship game, you know? Yeah. So, you know, there he's going to be back and you think he's going to be better. Now, of course, you know, Bengals are going to have a lot of reshuffling. They may be losing one of their two receivers, maybe both, who knows, um, you know, because they, there's not going to be able to keep them, but they're going to retool. They're going to rebuild. The Browns are, are going to be there. You know, we, we, you have to think after 
two years of, of this with the Browns, you know, we kind of realized that, yeah, they're going to be a dangerous team. They may not win in the playoffs, but they're going to be a headache for a lot of teams. And then, you know, Steelers, hopefully, you know, they'll get the quarterback situation figured out, you know, another good draft. And remember they beat the Ravens twice this year, once with Lamar, um, once, you know, obviously, you know, when they rested everyone, but it's just, you know, you just had everything set up for you. And then you just went completely away from everything yeah. that, that you did. I, yeah. it just, it baffles me as a Steeler fan. It baffles me. Um, yeah. you know, Doesn't make why a lot of sense. they would do this now, you know, now all that to be said, <coughs> sorry, uh, all that to be said, freaking Patrick Mahomes is the best QB on the planet. And yeah. you should never, ever count this guy out. And I believe our our preseason picks predicted that they would be going to the Super Bowl. I did not right. expect him to be going to the Super Bowl in this fashion, but <laughs> we did. He's played now 17 postseason games. I want you to hear these numbers. And 17 postseason games, 17, 14 and 3, 67.4% completion, 4,802 passing yards, 458 rushing yards, 39 passing touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns, and only seven interceptions. Yeah, it's crazy. The dude just goes to another level. That throw he made to Kelsey, and I believe that was on Kyle Hamilton, which I think from my from my money, Kyle Hamilton is probably top two safety in the league. And I think you'd make an argument he very well could be one. Yeah. I don't think... Ronnie Lott could have made any play <laughs> on that ball. Yeah. Like just like, it's just a throw that's so underrated. Like it, because it's Patrick Mahomes, you just expect that. But that throw was just unbelievable. The yeah. placement that he put it was only where Kelsey could catch it. Nobody else was even going to get a hand on it. Uh, there's just not enough said. And, you know, I, you know, I think I was to the point where I was kind of over, the Chiefs, you know, you know, you just that's just what happens, right? Teams start winning, yeah, and you start rooting against them. But this kid is absolutely—he's not even thirty years old yet. No, I he's a total Tom, game changer. There's no I, one I, close. No, no. I mean, we talked about this before the show started, but you know, we just assumed Tom Brady was going to go down as the greatest of all time, just the goat. Um. Of course, arguments could always be made, right? Yeah. But been to nine Super Bowls, won six Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls <laughs> on his own, seven Super Bowls. Uh, no, I'm sorry. So he would have been to, I don't know, 10 Super Bowls, uh, whatever it is, right? Been to a Super Bowl, it felt like every other year of his career, won seven of them. And he's no more than retired, and we're already starting to question whether Patrick Mahomes is the greatest of all time. And the kid's yeah. not 30 years old yet. No, it's crazy. He's two-time MVP. And I've got some stats for you here. This is each of their first six years starting between okay. Mahomes and Brady. Their first six years starting. Mahomes has a 72 and 22 regular season record. Brady has 70 and 24. So over the course of six years, there's a total of two games different. Mahomes has a playoff record of 14 and three, Brady 12 and two. Uh, Mahomes played a few more games because Brady had home field advantage every year. So he had the, the yeah. bye week and everything. Uh, 14 and three, 12 and two. Uh, Mahomes has won four AFC titles. Brady won three. Mahomes has won two Super Bowl rings. Brady had won three. Mahomes has thrown 258 touchdowns to 69 interceptions. Brady, 167 touchdowns to 87 interceptions. Quarterback rating for Patrick Mahomes is 103.7. The quarterback rating for Tom Brady, 88.4. If you look at it, in many ways, record-wise, they're very evenly matched over their first six years. But when you do a little deeper dive into the real stats of touchdown to interception and quarterback rating, Mahomes is far and above better than Brady. He's thrown for, well, let's see, about 90 more touchdowns and 18 fewer interceptions and has a quarterback rating solidly 15 points higher than Tom Brady over that period of time. That's insane. You know, and 
you always can, you know, make arguments like, oh, it's a different era. It's a different era. But you remember when Brady came in, that's really when the passing era took off. Now it's, it's at another level now. So I, I would be yeah. curious on the attempts. Um, but still, you know, the passer rating itself is, is, um, it, it should say enough. I mean, you, you can't really argue that. Um, yeah. It's just unbelievable. I mean, it, it really is truly unbelievable what he is doing and how he's doing it. And we well, think I have this Anthony. Is- I have Anthony Vigil here on the live stream who said uh, Brady is above Mahomes as we speak. Mahomes hasn't even won the Super Bowl, meaning this season, and people are riding his jock. So, uh, <laughs> oh well. Look, but hey, at the end of the day, I mean, you can't argue with the stats, right? If somebody is fifteen points higher on. Uh, their quarterback rating and has thrown 90 more touchdowns and 20 fewer interceptions uh, over their first six years starting. I mean, those head to head numbers start to look pretty daggone good for, uh, for Mahomes, you know, and, and again, he's winning at just as good a clip as Brady was winning. Now, can they keep it sustained over a really long period of time? I don't know, but I can tell you this, this was their sixth straight AFC championship game. So I have no reason to believe otherwise. And again, not unlike Brady, if you look at the division that they're playing in, they play in a weak division. It's the Broncos, it's the Raiders, it's the Chargers. Now the Chargers just made a great hire now with John uh, or Jim Harbaugh and then bringing in Joe Hortiz as general manager from the Ravens. But if you look at that division, that should be right off the bat. You got six wins right there. It should be uh, for the Chiefs in a good year. And so they play in a weak division. That's all going to be a big help. Uh, there's there's a lot to like about the Chiefs' ability to continue moving things along. And like you said, Mahomes is still very, very much in the prime of his career. Oh, absolutely. And, and don't discount the fact that when Brady played, he played in just a god-awful AFC East. That's right. Now, look, I'm as old school as they go. I mean, my, my our heyday for for football, you know, Raven Steelers is is that 2000 era. So mm-hmm. trust me, I, I don't want to, I don't want to give Patrick Mahomes all the credit. It's just it is what it is. I don't want to give Tom Brady all the credit. You know, yeah. Do I think he's the goat? Yes, of course I do. I think he's probably the best quarterback uh, of all time. Uh, more so after he left and won in Tampa, I think you know that yeah. kind of solidified it for me. Um, I don't want to give either of them credit, but <laughs> what he's done in I, what seven years? Is this the seventh or eighth year in the league? It, Might dude, be a sixth because they're going over six seasons here. Yeah, so, I don't think uh, he played his seventh, but yeah, I was to say because he he didn't start his first year. Remember, uh, Alex Smith um, um, started his first his rookie year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. Um, <laughs> it is just you have to give him credit for it. I mean, I don't want to, but it is what it is, man. Like the dude is just something else. He's on another level. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I'm responding to some live stream comments here. Uh, One of the things is uh, our viewer, Anthony, thinks that we're counting out the Niners uh, in the Super Bowl. So I'm telling him right now, we're definitely not counting them out. So why don't we, we might as well go ahead and dive into that game here and and let's talk Niners and Lions for the NFC championship game and what we saw uh, in that one. Yeah, no, again, you know, we talked about it at the onset of the show, both teams that lost the championship games squandered an absolutely lifetime opportunity. You know, you had the Lions up 17 points and you thought they were going to run away. And then within... What was it six minutes, eight minutes? They Crazy. The, the, the Niners had came all the way back um, just that quickly. Um, I just, we talked about it, you know, what got Baltimore there, they didn't do. Yep. And what got Detroit there, they probably shouldn't have done. You know, an opportunity to go up three scores and you decide. Now, again, it's a long field goal. Um, and, I'm trying to remember the the kicker Badgley, I believe, um, is the kicker for um, for Detroit. You know, he barely beat out uh, Joey Sly, who was <laughs> um, notorious in Washington. Yeah, barely beat him out this year. So there may not have been a lot of confidence there. So I, I can kind of maybe forgive that a little bit. Like, all right, you know, I just if you have an opportunity to go up three scores on a team, 
you take that opportunity. I, I just, you know, it's one yeah. of those things. If he makes it, Hey, he's a genius. You know, he, he, you know, this is, this is how he does, man. He's a gunslinger. You know, he's, you know, he's just a go for it type of person. Um, when it doesn't work, it looks pretty stupid and uh, sad to say, I believe they look kind of stupid and not doing that. They also had a chance to go up or, or get a quick score, get a quick field goal, uh, with time still remaining where they could, um, yeah. wouldn't have to try the onside kick and decide to go for it. You know, it's just, uh, they just squandered that opportunity. Now I, you know, I, is, as much as I say, you know, how do the Ravens recover? Well, the Ravens are the Ravens. They're always going to be, they're always going to recover. This one has to sting a lot, um, for, for the lions. Sure. As much as we talk about who's going to be, you know, who's going to be lost with them. You know, we know for sure. We assume for sure that Ben Johnson is gone. Yeah. You know, we're, they're already looking, you know, getting interviews with the defensive coordinators already getting uh, interviews. Um, this was just an opportunity that was set up for them and they had the lead and they had a big lead and they just could not hold on to it. That it's tough to go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. It's tough too, because Detroit, like you have the running game with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. The whole idea there is you hope and you think you build a lead. You should be able to run out the clock, right? You should be able to keep that thing going and, and, you know, and, and, and grind them down. The Niners are a, they're the same thing that you can say about the chiefs. You can say about the Niners. They have a winning pedigree. They're not going to panic in these types of games. And, no. you know, I said this the other day that the AFC championship game for the chiefs isn't that big of a deal because this is their sixth straight AFC championship game. Right. It, the Niners are not quite at that same level, but not that far from it either. Like they're a winning organization. They have a history and a legacy of winning. They're not going to panic in these types of situations. And they have a lot of veteran players on the team that know how to win football games. They have talent. Look, the, the bottom line is this in these playoffs, the two most talented teams were Baltimore and San Francisco. Talent-wise. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. now, the most talented team in the Super Bowl is not Kansas City. It's San Francisco. Now, talent on paper doth not always win you games. But <laughs> I will not. tell you, by far, if you look at the depth of the Niners and the quality of players from, you know, from fullback to tight end to receive these complementary roles, Brock Purdy is plugged in to a, a Ferrari. Right. He's just like, and all he has to do is just keep it running. They showed in this game that they're not going to panic if they're down. That is such an important winning process. You cannot be in a scenario and go down at home to the Lions and then have the wheels fall off. And they didn't. Right. They just said, let's just do what we're doing. I listened to an interview today with Logan Ryan on the Niners. And he was talking about the fact that, like, at halftime, there wasn't any panic. Guys are just sitting around talking like, okay, we just got to make some stops. Let's get the ball moving on offense. We're going to be fine. We got plenty of time to get this thing turned around. And when you have that mentality, uh, you know, it's, it's a bigger deal. I guarantee you somebody in the back of their minds in that Detroit locker room at halftime, it was creeping in. We got it. We got it. And that's oh, when you so let it. your foot off the gas a little bit. I don't think you see, you can't um, I, I want to say it was, um, Gardner Johnson on the sidelines. This was in the second yes, quarter. Yeah. He was waving, waving to everybody. Yes, an idiot. Waving goodbye to the fans. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> stupid. Incredibly just, stupid. Just like, and that's exactly the type of stuff. You don't ever see that not come back to haunt somebody. Nope. It never, it never ever doesn't come back to haunt some uh, moron who goes out there and does that stuff. Stomping uh, on a jersey or a towel or throwing something into the into the stands or getting in arguments with the with the the fans, whatever it is, some dummy is always doing it and then it always backfires on them, but no one ever learns from it. It's it's incredible to me. No, especially when you like there was still I don't know 35 minutes left in the game, you know. It's <laughs> yes. like dude, yeah, you know, you've like, iced anything. No, not at all. And then quickly they score. They score at the eleven oh two mark 
to uh, in the third quarter, they get a field goal, 24-10. At 5-17, it's then 24-17. At 3-02 left, it is now 24-24. Literally within eight minutes, they made that up and tied that game. And then Crazy. pretty much, you know, sealed it. You know, they, they did... Um, you know, 56 seconds left, you know, they go down, golf goes down and, uh, you know, gets them a score. Again, there was an opportunity there to go ahead and get that field goal, kick it off because you still have your timeouts left, at least yeah. two at that point. Um, and then, you know, let your defense uh, do what they're supposed to do and stop them. And uh, they didn't. So, you know, a lot of this, you know, we, we talked about coaching in the first game. A lot of that was coaching in the second game. Like there was just so many opportunities that the Lions had to put this game away. And it's almost like they tried to outsmart themselves or say, you know what, this is what we, and I get it. This is what, this is what got you here. Yes. Going forward on fourth down is what got you there. But when you're in that situation and you have the opportunity to put points on the board, it's playoffs, man. It's different. It's just different. Yeah. You take those points. Like it's just, it, it you know, and then you don't get it. And now they go back down and score on you. And that just takes all of your momentum away. Like it just, you know, at that point, doubts start creeping in like crap. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, when you get the first score, like, all right, you know, it's, it's 24, 10, not a big deal. Then they get the second one. You're like, okay, we're still up. And then they get third. You're like, crap, man, here we are. Now it's a dead even game at home. You know, you're on yeah. the road, you know, the Niners are at home. All Niners the have all the momentum. Now. And more importantly, shifted. you now let their fans get back into the game. You you, you had them. that lead. You took all the momentum. You quieted the crowd. You were doing what no one thought you could do. And then you blinked. And, and that's the problem is that in these, and we see it time after time, year after year, the teams that do the best in the postseason are the ones that don't blink, don't relent, don't stop, don't let up. If you are going to start patting yourself on the back the moment that you make a good play we talked earlier about zay flowers and the taunting penalty well now we just talked about cj gardner johnson waving to the fans in the in the second quarter like a dummy if you're going to make those types of moves it's it's shown that you're mentally you're not thinking about the kill anymore right and that's that you, yeah, you have now your unplugged your yourself gas. yeah yes. you've unplugged we got this yeah. We're, you know, we got it all wrapped up. Um, let's take it easy. Dude, I can understand the first four minutes left in the game and you're right. up 17 points. All right, fine, man. Breathe a little bit. Yeah. But it's just, you, you just didn't have that killer mentality. And, you know, we talk about this. I talked about this. I love Dan Campbell. I just wonder how far this, like, machismo, we're going to bite your kneecaps off on the way down and the way up, you know, like just that weird talk is really you know how far is he going to be able to take them yeah like he's even said like this is going to be doubly hard to get back to the same place next year and it really is i mean again yeah. everything fell in place for them you know, you well there's Kirk something Cousins too that we got to look at for the niners it, it, like when you look at their situation moving forward and you look at the detroit situation moving forward who has it easier and who has it harder if you're trending, right? If you're trending this thing like a stock and you start looking forward and you go, okay, well, who's Detroit going to have to go through? Well, we know the Packers are going to be a much a, a much improved team, or at least we have every reason to believe they will. And we don't know what's going to happen yet in Minnesota, so we don't necessarily need to <laughs> put too much in there. But but, but they've got if, talent on that team. They got we know a that. Ton of talent on that team, yeah. And if Kirk does come back, um, which I don't know, did you see he was asking for ninety million guaranteed for two years? <laughs> yeah, which someone's hey, going to pay. That's forty five million a year. That's someone's right. That's pay. like that's a, that's below market rate. Yeah. I mean, that's really yeah. not that's not a bad price for that guy, right? And Jared Goff, I mean, they got to sign him to an extension. They will. And that extension is probably going to be right around that same number. It's going to be in the 40s, 40, 45 million dollars for Jared Goff in Detroit makes sense, right? That makes sense for them. And so, you know, across the board, if you're Detroit, yeah, man, I, look, I don't think they're getting any worse, but it's always an uphill battle. The Niners are in a situation yeah. where they're a really good team and they're probably going to stay really good. The well, Ravens are a really good team that will probably yeah. stay really good. 
these other teams, whew, it's a, it gets a little harder. Detroit is, we just don't know what the heck to expect from Detroit yet right, because, because it's too early on too in the early. process for them. Right. Uh, and, and then, you know, when you start to to dial it back and you go, okay, well, the Chiefs, obviously we know what they're going to be, right? There's no issues there. So the last thing I want to do for the last few minutes of this episode, let's talk a little bit about, and, and we won't do the full dive on this because next week will be the Super Bowl show and we might have we might have a guest or two on that. I'm not sure yet. We're waiting to see. Uh, but we we may have some some guests on that. But regardless, we'll do the Super Bowl show next week. But just early, early on here, what do you think for the Super Bowl between the Niners and the Chiefs? You don't need to make a pick, but just, you know, what are what are some keys to the game? And uh, what are you thinking here? How are you feeling? I mean, it's going to really I mean, honestly, I think it's going to come down to Brock Purdy. What Brock Purdy are you going to get? Are you going to get the Brock Purdy that played against the Ravens? Or are you going to get the Brock Purdy that's, you know, played pretty much like an MVP for 85% of the season? We know what Mahomes is going to be. He's not going to be rattled. Um, I, 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 but I think it's going to come down to how, how Purdy plays. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to say. If he goes out and plays a Brock Purdy game, I don't see any reason why the Niners couldn't win this game. Yeah. But you can get him rattled. And if you get him rattled, he's going to turn the ball over. Yeah. I Look, I, I, it's going to be really interesting. Best coach, best quarterback, 100%. It's the, it's the Chiefs. However, we talked about this last week. Kyle Shanahan, if he were to win a Super Bowl, like you said, is the only thing that's missing from his resume to be considered a top three coach in the NFL. Yeah. So we can't pretend that that's a massive gulf between Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. Now, there is right now, if you look at their resumes, but in terms of just coaching acumen, there's no reason to believe that there's some massive drop-off. Now, when you go from there, best quarterback, clearly Patrick Mahomes over Brock Purdy, right? Nobody has any doubt about that. The question is, is the other talent on the Niners so much, so deep, that it can make up for the divide between the quarterbacks? See, think of it like it's a it's a it's a it's a riverbed, right? And we need to build a bridge. So we've got this gap. Is there enough? all pros, pro bowlers, and incredible talents that we can fill into that gap to make up the difference between Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes. Because that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, again, best coach, best quarterback, it's Chiefs. But is there a way to tilt the scales the other way? The answer is, of course, there's always a way to tilt the scales the other way, and it's talent. And when you have enough talent at other positions, you can overcome a lot of things. And I think... That's going to be the most interesting question going into the Super Bowl is do the Niners have enough talent to make up for where they lack in coach and quarterback? I mean, who's the last uh, quarterback that wasn't a superstar to win the uh, to win a Super Bowl? I mean, we have to go back now. Some may say Brock Purdy has potential to be a superstar. Again, we've talked about this. If Brock Purdy wasn't the last pick of the NFL draft and he was a first-round pick, none of this conversation is happening. Regardless of how he's played at all this year, the games that he had, like, oh, that's a learning curve, you know? Like, this is the first year as the full-time starter, you know, but he doesn't get that benefit of the doubt because he was the seventh, you know, round pick, the last pick in the draft. Um, It's tough because you, you know, yeah, of course. We've just we talked about it even right now um as the show was going on. Talent-wise, there may not be a more talented team top to bottom than the Niners. Yeah. Who who wins at at the position? Um Niners or Chiefs running back? <laughs> yeah. Clearly, I mean, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, we could go position by position. It's going right. to mainly uh, be Niners. McCaffrey's the only places that get they're MVP close. votes. Yeah, the only place that the Chiefs are close to the Niners talent-wise is tight end. They are obviously better at quarterback. And then outside of that, it starts to get a lot harder because some of them are just going to neutralize, right? If you say Chris Jones, but then you can match that with a Nick Bosa. 
So it's like, okay, well then pull those out. And that's, that's, in a, they're, that's they're a, separate over here. So they've been neutralized. You know, you, you start looking beyond that. It's like, are you not going to take a Brandon Ayuk over a Rishi Rice? Obviously. Right. So, you know, there's just, and then you got Debo on top of that, you know, so there's just, there's just, it's too much. It's too much, too much yeah. talent. I mean, honestly, I just think, yeah, probably just about any position you're going to maybe tight end. You take, you know, you take Kelsey and um, is it Noah Gray, I believe yeah, over, uh, over George Kittle. Kittle though. I mean, yeah. Kittle's been healthy this year and he's played great. And the last thing I'll say on it before we wrap it up is that you look at these teams, we talked about winning pedigree. These two teams in this Super Bowl matchup between the Niners and the Chiefs, they have a winning pedigree. Nobody is going to panic in this game. No. It's probably going to be a close game. It, you know, it's easy to say it's going to come down to who blinks first. Maybe nobody's going to blink. No. But if I had to bet on somebody to blink first, it would not be Patrick Mahomes. No. Exactly. Yeah, I gotta like my chances of Brock Purdy being the one that blinks before I before it's gonna be Mahomes. That's so it. again, we're not making our picks yet or anything else, but we did, you know, just want to like touch touch on that. Next week we'll go through, you know, and, and and do a deep dive on the Super Bowl. This is a lot more about the 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 championship games, the conference championships. But um, yeah, pretty 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 good games. The, really yeah. good games over the weekend. I mean, they were no, good they were conference good. championship games. Yeah. There were a lot of questions. A lot of confusion, um, but you know, but but some interesting games. And, and we said last week that if you made it to the Super Bowl, you were going to earn it, particularly out of the AFC. Oh, and uh, and that's what happened. You know, I, one problem. thing I said earlier today. There's no doubt that the Ravens are the better team between them and the Chiefs, but they weren't the better team on Sunday. Right now, whether you want to blame that on coaching. On the players, on execution, doesn't matter. They were the better team on paper. They were the better team throughout, but they were not the better team on Sunday. That game gets played 100 times, maybe 97 of them Baltimore wins. But that particular game on that particular day, they were not the better team. No. Sucks, but that's the way it is. And that's the playoffs, man. That is the playoffs. You got to play perfect. You know, unless you're, you know, unless you're a, a two seed playing a seven seed, and we even saw a two seed go down to a seven seed this year. Right. So, you know, it, playoffs you have to be perfect, and yeah. the team that plays the best at that time, I mean, is, is going to win. You saw the Steelers win it from when there was only six seed, win it from the six seed. They just played the best four games out of everyone. Were they the best team in that league that year? No, they were not. <laughs> but they were the best come playoff time. So it's going to be, it's going to be curious. It's going to be a good game, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. Like, I know a lot of people are like, dude, this is, this is the playoffs that, you know, this is a Super Bowl that nobody asked for. And I get <laughs> it, but this is like, if it wasn't going to be the Ravens and the Niners, this is that you can't, I don't, not sure you can ask for anything better at this point. So can Patrick Mahomes carry the team on his shoulders one more time and will them to another win? Or will the talent just finally be too much for him? And that's really going to be the, uh, you know, the narrative, I think, going out through this. Can Mahomes overcome all that talent on the Niners? Yeah, it's going to be a big question. It'll be interesting. It's going to be a heck of a game. Looking forward to the Super Bowl. We will do a deeper dive on it next week. Uh, So, again, anyone listening, make sure you are liking, subscribing. Make sure you turn those notifications on. Uh, we're going to start doing more live shows. Traditionally, we just record and then, you know, drop the episodes. But we're going to start doing some live shows as well that uh, that you'll be able to, to check out. So make sure you have the notifications on so you know when we're going live. Uh, with that having been the case, we're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap this sucker up for tonight. Any uh, last thoughts before uh, before we go? No, I will say well, I say no, and then I go into saying something. Um, Greg Olson is about to be demoted because Tom Brady's coming in and it is such a freaking crime. Greg Olson has been beyond fantastic this year. It is actually a joy to listen to him. You know, compare those two games, listening to Romo and listening to Greg Olson. There's no comparison. 
Um, I just, I hope there's a, someone picks him up, you know, he can get out of that contract or whatever, because he is, he, he should be a one, a commentator for sure. Totally agree. Totally agree. Romo's horrible to listen to. And yet he has total job security. Yep. Massive contract, total job security. And then Greg, uh, Greg Olson, so much better. Can't manage to keep a job. It, it, it And it's, yeah, it's completely unfair. Um, the last thing that I'll say closing out is actually going to be a message for Ravens fans. You, you look silly. So many of you, I see what you're saying. I see the stuff that's going on online and this is how all fan bases act, right? Sure. Don't be an idiot. Like your team literally was just one game away from the Super Bowl. You're in the AFC championship game. The rest of the league would die to be in that position. Should you have won the game? Yes, obviously you should have won the game. Is it disappointing? Of course it is. But the idea that you're going to go out there and attack the players, tell them they're bums, you know, all kinds of stuff, say all these things. We need to fire Harbaugh. We need to do all these things. Come on, man. Like, here's the thing. And and Ravens fans, I know this about you. And I know it probably exists in, in every other fan base as well. You love to look at other fan bases and make fun of them about how they are with their team and how they melt down over things and, you know, and all of this stuff. And obviously everyone kind of laughs at Bengals fans for obvious reasons, but like they're a good example of like, uh, you know, where it's just like you want to hype up your team as being something, but you've never won a Super Bowl and, you know, whatever it is now. Uh, and, and like all of these types of things. And yet the moment that you lose a game that you feel like you should have won, it's like, Everybody should be fired. These players suck. This guy, Lamar's terrible. Okay, well, he's a two-time MVP by the time that he's 27 years old. He's the youngest two-time MVP in history. Doesn't matter. He's horrible. Okay, cool. Well, let's get rid of him. Zay Flowers is a bum. What an idiot. Guy's a rookie, man. A rookie, yeah. Marlon Humphrey goes live after the game. He's live streaming. People are like, you're a bum. You need to be cut. You're like, (laughs) it's like the, the guy was injured for a few games, and then he comes in and he plays. He's fighting through injury to be able to play. Like, uh, it just doesn't make sense, man. Like, your frustration is is warranted and actually completely understood. But take a step back and recognize the fact that you have a lot to be grateful for if you're a Ravens fan. You not only know who your quarterback is, he's under contract. You have an incredibly good young nucleus. You have one of the best front offices in the league. And this idea that it's like the sky is falling Every time something happens, there's only one team that's going to be happy with the way their season ends. One. So this idea that like, oh, everybody sucks. I promise you, you get rid of the players that you think suck today. They're going to be, it's going to be a whole lot worse moving forward. I can promise you that. So it's like, come on, man, have a little bit of gratitude for what the team has actually been able to accomplish. You are playing in late January. That's the goal. That's the hope. That's where you want to be is to be playing football games in late January. And then you are, and it's like, oh, these guys suck. No. Yes, it was a it was a bad game. It was poorly called, poorly executed, all of those things. Nobody can take anything away from that. But man, I mean, you look so silly when you go out and you say these things. And it makes it it makes it clear you're not really a fan of the team, you're a fan of winning. And those are there two very different things. And this exists in every fan base. If you're a fan of the team, you understand the players hate losing just as much as the fans do. The difference is they actually work their tail off to be in that position. And you could say, oh, they make they make tons of money. Yeah, they make tons of money because they put the work in. You make a little bit of money because you sit on your couch watching them. You buy the tickets, they get paid. It is a different thing. So you being angry and upset and hurt and, you know, again, attacking players and like saying all kinds of horrible things. Sure. You have the right to do it. You can do it because you have a a Twitter account. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make sense. It does not make it seem like you are a more passionate fan or something. If you think that's what it does, where it's like, oh, this is I'm so angry. I can't it, it, like the, the, there's this sort of subconscious communication that this is showing the world what a fan I am. It isn't, man. You look like a dummy. That's it. And, and you know, and I'm sure I haven't gone on a look, but I'm sure it's the same for Detroit fans. There's probably plenty of them. The difference is 
Detroit never expected this. So they maybe are just happy to be there, <laughs> even though they lost in a soul crushing way. Sure. But then when you're the Ravens, you expect to be there. But the thing I'm going to remind people of is with the Ravens, there were not tons and tons of people who were saying the Ravens are a definite Super Bowl shoe in this year. You had a second year uh, defensive coordinator who looked good in the second half of last year, but you didn't know what you're going to get. You just signed Lamar to a big money contract, and we know how those usually go, right? Play does not usually escalate and go up after signing a huge contract. Stays the same or goes down. And then you had a first-year offensive coordinator. We don't know what the system's going to be at all. And you ended up here. If If I were to say anything, I'd say maybe the Ravens are ahead of schedule. So is it tough losing? Of course, it's it's tough losing. It's always frustrating. It's always difficult to lose. But come on, man. Grow up a little bit. That's it. That's all I got. Hey, enough said. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap it up for tonight. Thank you for checking us out. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're liking. We got the podcast as well. Uh, we got our other show, the big show here on You Get the Horns. We got a ton of stuff happening. Make sure you check us out. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun time to be a football fan. We got a lot of stuff uh, upcoming here and some 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 fun things that I think people are going to enjoy as well. So stick with us. Uh, we appreciate it. We will be coming to you uh, next week as well. But in the meantime, enjoy the games. Unless your team lost, in which case, get some sleep. Stay off social media. <laughs> best I can. 24-hour roll, okay? 24-hour right. <laughs> roll. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good All night. Right. Good night.